Grace, and she's my favorite mom and kiss all I love. Mama, I love my mom again. I had some kisses. <laughs> Mommy snuggles. <laughs> I love when Hugh likes me sleep with her. We like to swim together. Um, she cooks dinner for us. She is the best and I love her so much. I love watching movies with my mom. I love how my mom is kind to me and she's the best and I love her. Mom, she's kind and compassionate. I love watching movies with my mom and laughing with her. She's always there for me. She's always beautiful no matter what. She's amazing. I love how she pushes me to be the best I can be. If I lose something, and she's always there to find it, I don't know how, but I don't know where it is, and then she just finds it out of nowhere. I don't know how she does that, but she does. I love my mom's craziness. Is that she always gives the best advice. She does her best to make us happy, whether it's to take us to Waterburger or to let us ride bikes around the park. I love how compassionate she is about people. Uh, my mom gives me confidence for sports and helps me win. My mom is a hardworking person and she just loves everyone. She loves exactly like Christ did. Uh, my mom is super supportive. She's kind, she's genuine, and she's beautiful. Uh, my mom, she always made amazing pancakes. I, I'm very grateful for my mom. My mom is one of the most steadfast women I've ever met in my life. What's special about my mom is that she made a life for herself coming over here from Mexico. I'm so proud of her and she's a huge role model for me. She always showed up to every one of my games and so she was always there to cheer me on. She's always there by my side supporting me. She is bold. Um, she is an amazing mom that will stick up for her family at any point. She's there for us anytime we need her. We can call her for any advice that we need, even when our kids are sick. If we're sick, she's always there. And I love my mom because she is the sweetest person ever. I'm just so thankful for all of her encouragement and her uh, just her willingness to always be there. She always showed up. My mother taught me what it's like to have a intimate relationship with Jesus. I might start crying. <laughs> but I believe my mom is special to me because she helps me out a lot, always gives me words of encouragement. Uh, she's loving, caring, and just very uh, honorable woman of God. She's always given unconditional love. She's somebody I could depend on. You know, she makes me laugh, makes me smile, and I know if I ever needed somebody to talk to, be there, she'd be there for me. My mom's friendly, outgoing, likes to help out people when she can. She's the best gift giver. I love my mom because she's always there. No matter what, I can always count on her. She'd be quick to tell you that she was a good cook, though. I'm kind of a, an example of that because I'm pretty healthy. She loved having her family around her all the time, no matter the occasion. I think sometimes she probably made up occasions just to get us around her. I love my mother and I appreciate her and, and everything she's done for me. She was a great example of loving God and loving people. I really, really am better off because of that. My mom was my best friend and she taught me that life goes on. Happy Mother's Day. Come on, let's give it up for all the moms in the house.
Yeah. So glad that you're here today. And, and while we're in the spirit of clapping, can we just welcome everybody online with us as well, wherever you're watching from? Hey, we're, we're glad you're watching. Happy Mother's Day to you as well. And, um, you know, we, we know that Mother's Day can be uh, sensitive uh, for some people. Uh, you know, my mom passed away back in 2005. And so some of you, this is your first Mother's Day after losing your mom. Or some of you, you're not moms yet, but you want to be. You're, yeah, and there's, there's some roadblocks. Maybe you've had some miscarriages or infertility issues. And, and you're thinking, man, I want to be a mom. And, and so we know it's a sensitive day for you. But we also know it's a celebration for others. Come on, it's a, it's a good day to just... To, to just recognize all of the moms in the house, no matter what season of life you are in. And so um, I asked Annalise to come up with me today because I want her, she's, she's the mother of the house, all right? And, you know, we, we are one mother-loving church here at City Hope. We just, we love moms. So, uh, so uh, without moms, we can't do it without you moms. So I wanted you to pray over all the moms in the house, all those who are online today as well, all of those who you hope to be a mom one day. And, and let's just pray and ask God to meet them right where they are, just a blessing over them today. God, we thank you so much this morning, yes, Father, Lord. for every lady in the house today, Father. And we just thank you, God, that no matter what season of life that they are in, God, that you are there right with them, right by their side, God. And I just thank you that you are giving them the joy and the strength and the peace that they need to, to make it through whatever season they're in, God. And I just pray, Father, that you would pour your blessings out on their lives, God. I pray if it is the first Mother's Day without a mom, God, I pray that your supernatural presence would just, just take over their hearts and their minds, God, and that they would think on the memories, God. And I just pray, Father, for those that may not have ever had a mom growing up, God, that you would bring into their lives, Father, a spiritual mom to love on them and to just be the mother that they wish that they, that they had, God. And I just thank you, Father, that no matter where we are in life, God, that you're with us, that you give us peace, you give us joy, you give us strength, you give us happiness, God, and that we can focus and trust in you to bring us through and just to spend the day with you, God. And I just thank you for moms, and I thank you for all you're doing in them and through them today and every day. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's one more time give it up for all the moms. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah. And uh, just, just for all of the adult ladies in the house today, we have a special gift for you. So not just for moms, but for all the adult ladies on your way out. It's on the, on the patio outside. So we've got a little gift that we want to give to all of you today. So make sure you get that on your way out. Just our way to say, hey, we love you and we're grateful for you. All right? So it is, uh, it's week three of a series that we've been in called Galatians. And my message today is not really a message focused on Mother's Day, um, and, but it applies to all of our lives. It applies to every one of us. And uh, we're in this series on Galatians because Paul, Paul wrote to the Galatians uh, to, to help correct some things that was going on in, 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 their, um, in their church. And so uh, if you've got your notes, go ahead and take those out. You can take notes with me, follow along. But let me recap you, okay? If you haven't been here for the last couple weeks... Um, Paul wrote the book of Galatians to the Galatian people, and, and the reason he wrote that is he was a church planter. 
So what happens with Paul, Paul would go from city to city, country to country, and he would plant churches. And as he planted those churches, he raised up leaders. And as he raised up leaders, he would leave and go start another church. So this, uh, this church in Galatia was in modern-day Turkey. And uh, he raised up church leaders, and he went to start other churches. Well, after he left, some of the Jewish Christians came along, and they began to tell the non-Jewish Christians that in order for you to be a real Christian, you've, you've, got to, you, you've got to accept Jesus plus do a bunch of other things. You've got to accept Jesus plus you've got to obey the, the Jewish law. And, and Galatians was written to non-Jewish Christians. They were called Gentiles. And so he writes this letter saying uh, uh, to try to correct their, their thinking because these, these non-Jews begin to believe what the Jewish Christians told them. Hey, you've you got to believe in Jesus and all you men got to be circumcised. And the, the church attendance got cut in half. I mean, there's like, it was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about that. So, so, so thankfully, we don't have a membership class like that here. It's not that way. So, um, but that's... that's that's what, the Jewish, that's, that's what the Jewish Christians were doing. You've got to believe in Jesus plus do all of this other stuff. And so Paul writes this letter to them to correct them and to encourage them and to help them understand and know, hey, it, that's not the way it works. Come on, somebody. That's not the way Christianity works. And so in week one of this series, we talked about two different trees, okay, two different kinds of the gospel. Let me say it this way, two gospels. And Paul confronts them and he says, are you ready to give up the gospel so quickly? You've fallen for another gospel? So the two different gospels are the, the gospel of religion or the gospel of relationship. And so the, the Galatians have, had left relationship and they had started walking in this gospel of religion. Two different trees, the tree of life or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You need to go back and watch that message if you missed it. But then last week, we talked about living the crucified life, that we've got to put to death some things in our life that really don't belong there. Come on, somebody. Some things in our life that really aren't like God, it really doesn't draw us closer to God. We've got to, we've got to say no to some things that are of, of the world. But today, we're going to talk about living in grace. All right, everybody say grace. grace. Okay, grace. So... so um, I always think about that, that one uh, Christmas movie. What, what is it? The, the, uh, the uh, Chevy Chase and the uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where she say, they say, say grace. What? The blessing, right? And it's, it's not, not, not that at all, okay? That's not the kind of grace we're talking about. It's not a prayer that you say over your Thanksgiving dinner. What Paul was doing was he wanted them to understand what the gospel really, really was. They had, been, they had been tricked into believing that the gospel was Jesus plus obeying a bunch of other things. And how many of you know that that is not the gospel that Paul gives us? And so he teaches us that in the book of Galatians chapter 3. And that's what I want to show you today is that Paul teaches us we're not saved by human effort. Okay? So, so here we go. We're going to study it. If you've got your notes, you can follow along. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 says... Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? And just so you know, this evil spell could be translated as who has, who has stirred you up? Like who has spoken Ill, Ill of you? Who has slandered you? Who is 
Another way to say it is who has cast an evil eye on you? Y'all know what an evil eye is? That's an evil eye. My mom would give me evil eyes back in the day when I was growing up. She, she helped lead worship in our church, and she was a leg patter. You know what I'm saying? When she sang, she, she'd pat that leg, and uh, she'd be, celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. And if she saw us doing something wrong, she'd be like, <laughs> right? Or, or if we were in church and we were sitting a few rows behind her and she, she heard us goofing up, acting, acting a fool, she'd turn around and she'd be like, right? Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. So, so it's the evil eye, but it also could be, it could be, uh, it, it could be said this way, that it's someone who turns their nose up at you. Someone who goes, can you believe what she's wearing to church? Can you, can you believe that she, can you believe he did that? Is tur- turning their nose up like their works are so much better and get them to heaven. Come on, that's not what the gospel is. And so, so we don't, he, he says, who's cast the evil eye on you? Who has slandered you? He says, for the meaning of Jesus' death was made clear. In other words, have you forgotten why Jesus went to the cross? Have you forgotten why he gave his life on the cross. It's clear. I, I painted a picture for you. You ought to understand and remember that. So he says, let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? And that's where a lot of us are right now. We're trying to please God by doing everything right. And how many of you know that leaves us empty on the inside because we come up empty all the time? So he says, it's, it, you're not made right by obeying the, the law of Moses. And I'm going to show that to you in just a moment. He says, of course you weren't made right by obeying, obeying the law. You received the Spirit because you, what? Believe. Believed. It wasn't by what you did. It wasn't by how you acted. It wasn't by how you, how you behaved. No, you received the Spirit of God. He helped you change, in other words, simply because you believe the message about Jesus Christ. He says, so how foolish can you be that after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, now you're trying to become perfect by your human effort? And it's a question for us to consider today. Are you trying to get close to God? Are you trying to obey God? Are Are you trying to become perfect by obeying the law? And if you are, you're going to come up empty every single time. And I want to teach you that today. I want to show you this principle today. And so I want to take a look at, at um, a, a little bit more in chapter 3. I want to go down to verse 10 because he, he says, he's writing this to the Galatians who are leaving their, what they've been taught by Paul. They're starting to think that in order to be a real Christian, maybe I do have to do all of this other stuff. And so he's saying to them, no, um, those who depend on the law to try to make them right with God are under a curse. And that's a pretty heavy language there. And and, and it would be important for you to know that God's not cursing you, but you're you're cursing yourself because you're trying to live up to something that you can't live up to. Is this making sense? Okay, I want to show you today. I'm just trying to, if you'll hang in there with me, I I think it'll make sense for you. So he he says, the scriptures say, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all of the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. So it's clear 
that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. So no, no one can be made perfect. No one gets to heaven because you, you were good enough or you were smart enough or because people liked you. No. It's not by doing any of that stuff. For the scriptures say, through faith. It's through faith that a righteous person has life. It's through faith. And he says, this way of faith is different. Understand, the, the way of faith is different than, than the way of the law, which says that, that you have life through obeying the law. So Christ came and he set up a different model. It's not all about us working our way to heaven and doing enough good deeds to get to heaven. No, we're, we have a different way. So he says, Christ has rescued us from the, the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. In other words, he paid the penalty for our sin. When, when Jesus hung on the cross, he paid the price for every sin that you and I would ever commit. Is that good news? And that's why it's called the gospel. It's good news. So it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. And you say, well, pastor, it, I just feel good today because it, I haven't broken all of the commandments. I just feel so good that, you know, I've, I've, I've struggled at one or two of the commandments, but I haven't broken all of the commandments. And I would just want you to know that according to James, he says, whoever keeps the whole law and just stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking the entire law, all of the law. So we're, we're, we're sinners. We're guilty of breaking the law. In fact, a reporter once asked um, Billy Graham, they said, can you, can you tell us uh, which commandments you have broken? And you know the commandments, right? I mean, there's commandments in there about don't commit adultery, don't murder, all of those different commandments. And Billy Graham said, I've broken all of them. And they were, they were like, what? You've broken all of them. And he says, well, the Bible says if you've broken one, you've broken them all. And so I, I want to help us see today that, that we're not saved by our human effort. Okay, does God want to change our behavior? Absolutely. Does God want to work on the inside of us? Does he, does he want us to draw closer to him? Does he want us to, to become more like him? Yes, but we're not saved because we check all the boxes and we cross all the T's and dot all the I's. And I want to help us see that today. That that's, that's not salvation. That's what God wants to do after the fact. See, we don't have to, we don't have to get our life right to get to God. We get, our life, we, we get to God so we get our life right. We get to him so he can work on the inside of us. And so I want to show you one reason why human effort doesn't work. Okay, and here it is. It's because the law could not be obeyed. No matter how hard you tried, no matter what you did, you couldn't fulfill the entire law. And let me put it to you this way in, in modern terminology, that you can't serve enough, you can't give enough, you can't be on your best behavior enough, you can't attend church enough, you can't read enough, you can't pray enough, you can't do enough good deeds to get into heaven. Because none of those things is what saves your soul. None of those things is what purifies you. None of those things is what makes you right with God. So then the question is, well, if, if we couldn't obey the law, then why did he give it to us in the first place? 
that they were even wondering the same question. And, and Paul, he, Paul says, what was the purpose of the law? I mean, if we, if we couldn't obey the law and the law couldn't save us, then why on earth did God give us the law? And he answers it. And, and, and here's, here's the brief answer. It's because the law leads us to Christ. Okay, follow me here. God gave us the law so that it would, it would create a tension inside of us that would bring us back to him. That we would realize, I can't do this on my own. I can't work my way to heaven. And you would come back to God. He created this tension inside of us that when we're, when we're trying to earn our way, when we're trying to act our way, when we're trying to behave our way into heaven, no. He says, I wanted to create a tension in you that would bring you back to Christ. And that's why Paul says, the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. It was put there that we might, might be justified by faith. Now, the word justified simply means it's just if I'd never sinned. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you surrender your life to him, when you put your trust in him, it is just if I'd never sinned. Isn't that some good news? So, so but how are you justified? It's by faith. It's not, it's, it is not by works. So he says, now that, now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law because we've been justified by faith. And so this message today, I want to dedicate the message to all of us. And I say us because for a big part of my life, I have struggled with understanding and believing grace. I, even to this day, I still sometimes catch myself swinging into this ideology of, I got I to gotta work my way into heaven. I got to be good enough in order for God to love me. And, and so I want to show you today that that's not who God is. I want to dedicate this to all of us who are swinging from the tree of relationship over to this, the tree of religion. This is for the people who've believed a false gospel. You've believed that you could work your way into being godly enough. You've believed that you could, that you could do enough good things for God to let you into heaven. And so... I want to tell you, Christianity is not behavior modification. That's, that's kind of what I grew up in, was, was uh, you are saved by grace, but by God, you better act right, or you're not going to heaven. Well, I'm, I'm hopeless. You ever felt that way before? You ever felt like there is no hope? I can't do this right. And I felt that way growing up. And so I want to show you today that that's not God's intent. God's intent is for you to receive grace. And, um, and I want to show it to you one more time in the same scripture, but in the New Living Translation, that the law was our guardian. It was guardrails for us. God gave the law to show us before Jesus where we were wrong, what was out of line. And he says it was a guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God. There it is again, through faith. So let me show it to you this way. Christianity is not about you doing right. Christianity is about you being made right. Come on. You can never do enough good things to earn your way into heaven, but by the blood of Jesus Christ, you have been made right and you have access to boldly approach the throne of God. Come on, it's by grace. So th this little fact 
this, this truth that you are made right with God, not by your works, but only by faith, is called grace. That is called grace. And I want to teach it to you today. And I don't want you to just know it. I want you to experience it. Because if you don't experience it, you're going to keep trying to earn your way. And if, if we're going to be a church where we have to earn our way, if we're going to be a church where we have to earn God's forgiveness, then guess what? You'll make, you'll make other people earn your forgiveness. If I had a microphone, I would drop it right there. Amen. Listen, we, I, I don't want to spend the rest of my life trying to teach you how to behave, trying to teach you, you better turn or you're going to burn. You better get right or you're going to get left. You better stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. I can do it, but I don't, I don't want to. That's not God's intent, I don't think, right? It's not what he wants. You, you've been to that church. The preacher has a bony finger and he's just telling you how wrong you are and, and how you better do all of these things. Now, I, I, I appreciate the effort, but can I just say that if, it, if that's what it took, you would have already changed. I mean, if, if that's what it was about, then you would have already stopped doing all that stuff that they've been telling you stop doing. <laughs> right? But, but it's not about stop doing and start doing. It is about relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to show that to you today. All right? So I'm going to give you... What grace is, living in grace in five points, okay? And it's, uh, we're using an acrostic. An acrostic is where you take the word, grace, and I each point is a letter of the word, okay? So we're going to start, and number one is this. Grace is a free gift. Emphasis is gift. You don't pay for gifts. You, you don't reimburse for gifts. It's a free gift. He gives it to you. Even when you don't deserve it, even when, even when it's unmerited. So, uh, so this week I came across a commercial that I think anybody about 45 and older will, will remember this, okay? I was, just, I was just about four or five when it came out, so I don't remember it, but, uh, but it happened in the 80s, okay? And so it's a Smith Barney commercial, and uh, this, this actor, I think it was House, Houseman, was, was the one who was in the commercial. And here's what he would say. Uh, he, he, would say um, uh, he would say, we make our money the old-fashioned way. And if you know it, let's finish the rest of it. We earn it. All right? So the young people don't know it because it's a little, it's a little, little, little older than you, but we make money the old-fashioned way. We earn it. And some of y'all grew up in a church where you have religion the old-fashioned way. We earn our salvation. Right? You, you, you've been to that kind of church. But the problem is you can't earn it. You can't do enough good deeds to let, you, to let, God, into, to, to let God let you into heaven. You, can't, you don't deserve it. It's unmerited. It's unwarranted. It is unbelievable grace that God gives us. Think about it this way. If, if you were at an intersection and you were going to cross the intersection and you look both ways, nothing's coming. But as soon as you step out, here comes a car zooming 100 miles an hour. And it's about to take you out. But someone from behind pushes you out of the way. And, and they take the hit and it kills them. You would never forget that moment, would you? 
I mean, you would live the rest of your life thinking about what they did for you. You would live the rest of your life grateful that they died instead of you. And can I tell you today that that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for you. He died in your place so you don't have to pay for your sins. Well, let, 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 me, let me try to show it to you this way. In Romans chapter 6, it says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, let me, let me break this down for you. So, um, so we're all sinners, right? We're all sinners. We, we all have sin in our life. Now, it only takes one sin to be a sinner. Does that make sense? Just like it only takes one lie to be a liar, one murder to be a murderer. Like we don't be like, oh, that's five. We, we're going to upgrade you now to murderer. No. <laughs> one, and you are that. So one sin, we are sinners, okay? And, and the Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. So what's, in, what's the thing about sin? Well, sin separates us from God, right? But why did God create us? God created us to have relationship with us. He created us for fellowship. He created us to have community. And so here's God and, and, and here's us, and our sin separates us from God. And we try to get to God, but we have sin in our lives, and, and, and God can't be around sin. He turns his back on his son on the cross because he was carrying the weight of the world. He was, he was carrying the sins of the world. So, so God's over here, and we're over here, and we're trying to get to God, but we have sin in our life, and the sin separates us from God. The only way we can get to God... It's death. Something has to die. Either us or something in our place. That's why they did Old Testament sacrifices. And so here we are. We're trying to get to God, but we can't because we have sin in our lives. And so the only way we can get to God is if, is if we pay the price for our sin, which is death. But that creates another problem, which is we want to get to God, but we're dead. So what does God do? He sends his son, Jesus Christ, the only begotten son. He sends his son, Jesus, who never sinned, by the way. And, and if he had sinned, he would have been disqualified from being the sacrificial lamb slain before the sound, foundations of the world. So God sent his son, Jesus, to the courtroom of your life because you had a bill that was due. And that bill was to pay for your sins. And you couldn't pay for your sins. And so God sends his son Jesus into the courtroom of your life to pay your debt, to pay the debt that you could never pay, a debt that you owed. He paid it all on the cross to pay for your sins. And now your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. You, your sins are washed clean. I think we ought to give God praise over that today, that Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. My sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Come on, somebody. That's good news right there. He washed it white as snow. I'll never be the same again. That is a free gift. He steps into the courtroom of your life to pay the price, the penalty for our sins. So that's the first thing, okay? Grace is a free gift. Number two, it is received by faith. 
receive by faith. All right. So to be clear, faith is not just believing in something. Faith is trusting in something. How many of you believe in some things, but you don't trust those things? Okay. You believe things because it's factual, it's real, it's there, right? But you don't put your trust in that thing. And that's the difference. See, the Bible says that even the demons and the devil believe in Jesus. But I'm pretty sure that doesn't make them Christians. <laughs> right? Why? Because they don't trust. No, they, they haven't surrendered their lives to Jesus. To trust in something is to say, Jesus... I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you can do what you say you can do. I believe that every, everything about you, I put my whole trust in you. All of my eggs are in your basket. All my life. I'm surrendering my life to you. That's what trust is. And Paul says it this way in Ephesians, that it's by grace that you have been saved. How? Through faith. That's how. It's not from yourselves. So it's, it's the gift of God. It's not by works. Okay? Let me explain something to you. If it was by works, you could boast about it. If, if it was by works, you could say, look what I have done. Look at how I have changed my life. Thank you, me. I am so awesome. Such an awesome me. Such an awesome me I am, right? You, you, you just start singing songs about yourself because you saved yourself. But how many of you know it's not by works? Come on, don't you believe, don't you understand that it's a gift of God through faith, not by works. I can't boast about this thing. He says it this way in Romans, that people who receive God's promise, which is Jesus, they do it by having faith. By having faith. Okay. That's the second one. We receive grace by having faith. So it's a free gift. It's received by faith. And number three, it's available to everyone. To everyone. This is huge. This is huge. And I've, I, want, I want to take a moment here to teach those of you who call City Hope home. This is your church. I want to take a moment to teach you. Okay. And I just want to say, may we never become the church where we cast the evil eye at people. May we never become the church that goes, did you see what she's wearing? Come on, I can't believe, she's obviously new. Because she don't look like the rest of us. Hey, I don't want to have a church where everybody looks the same. Come on, somebody. I, I, wanna, I want our church to be a hospital for the hurting, not a museum for the amused. I, I want this to be a place where anyone can come. Everyone is welcome and anything is possible. May, may we never be that church that turns our nose up at people. This church exists for anybody who wants to walk through the doors with hurts and habits, hang-ups and hangovers. Come on. Let them come in the name of Jesus. Let them be changed. Let them be set free. Let them be delivered. Is he still working on me? I'm just saying, I haven't gotten there yet. Sometimes it's me who's got the hurt. Sometimes it's me who's got the habit. Sometimes it's me who's got the, the I don't have hangovers, but you know, uh, it, sometimes it's me. Sometimes I'm the one that needs the help, mostly every day of my life. And so the church is not for us. The church is, uh, there's a misconception that the church is for Christians. 
No, the, the, church, is act, the church is not for us. We are the church. The, the Christians are the church. And the church exists for people who have not walked through those doors yet. It's for people who are lost and hurting and broken and dying. It's for people who have not been here yet. And may we never be the church where everyone looks like us. Oh, come on. The church isn't for church people. It's for the people outside of these walls. All right? And this is what Jesus told the, the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. I mean, she has been, she has been um, identified in front of a crowd of people. She deserves death. Okay, that's what the sin brought. She deserved to die. But what Jesus does, I love this, is he lifts her up the, off the ground and he says, hey, where, woman, where are your accusers? And she says, I don't have any. And he says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. What did Jesus do? He, he received her. He welcomed her. He accepted her just as she was. In the middle of her pain, her heartache, and her sin, he accepted her just as, he, as she was. But he says, hey, I don't want you to stay that way. I don't want you to stay that way. Here's the way I would say it. Jesus loves us as we are, but he does not want us to stay as we are. So don't be confused that grace is some sort of license to keep on sinning or it's letting you off the hook. No, he accepts you as you are, but he does not want you to stay that way. All right? I heard of a, a story of a, a pastor um, this week who um, um, he was telling a story about a com conversation with a gentleman in his church. And he said this, this gentleman came up to him. The gentleman was a homosexual. And he said to the pastor, hey, is, can I, am I welcome here? And that question can be a loaded question sometimes. It, it can mean different things. But the pastor said, absolutely. You're welcome here. And the man said, well... You know, because I was born this way. And the pastor wanted to teach him a lesson. And so he said, you know what? I was born this way too. I was born full of greed, lust, and immorality. I was born of so many different things that are not of God. And, and the man said, I've never, I've never heard this before. And he said, yeah. See, the difference is I found a church that would let me come all messed up the way that I was, hurting and broken, and they accepted me, and God did a work in my life, and now I get to lead this church. Now God's done such a great work in my life, and if he did it for me, he can do it for you too, right? And so that's, he loves us as we are. But he says, I don't want you to stay as you are, and that's the grace part. The grace isn't licensed to continue to sin. The, is, the, the, the grace is the power to stop sinning. The, the, the grace is not the, the license to do whatever you want to do. The grace is to help you stop doing what you don't want to do. It's the power. It's the power in our lives. So I love what, Jesus, what, what Paul says in Romans. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I just want to tell you today, I think we're going to be surprised at some of the people we see in heaven. Be careful. Casting that evil eye. All right. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Number four is grace comes only through Christ. Now, this is important, too, because there's a, there's a lot of churches, a lot of denominations that are changing their theology. And they're saying there's more than one way to heaven. Oh, that there's more. That there, there, are, there are multiple ways. And I want to tell you, we stand upon the Bible at City Hope Church. The Bible is the authority and the word of God. It is our standard. It is infallible. It is perfect in every way. 
It's perfect in every way. So, so let me say it this way. A lot, a lot of people believe there's more than one way to heaven, but the only problem with that is only Jesus is the one who paid for our sins. Jesus is the only one who went to the cross. Jesus is the only one who paid our bill. And, and so I would, I would just want to say to us, that some people would say, well, Pastor Ben, that's a narrow-minded way of thinking. You're closed-minded. You're being narrow. And I would, I would take that as a compliment. Because Jesus said in Matthew that you can only enter God's kingdom through the narrow gate. There, there is a highway to hell, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. He goes on to say that the gateway to life is narrow and the road is difficult. People don't understand it. I'm having a hard time understanding this, Pastor Vince, because it's narrow and difficult. And so I'm, I'm trying to show you that it only comes through Christ. You, you can't get to heaven any other way. There is no other way. Let me show it to you in a few scriptures. John says that the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Paul says that many people have received God's gift of life by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Paul says salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved. Come on, somebody. It is only through Jesus Christ. That's, that's our salvation. It's through him. Well, you say, well, Pastor Ben, um, I, I can do this on my own. Well, let me clarify. If you could work your way to heaven, then, then Jesus died for nothing. If you could work your way to heaven, Jesus didn't need to go to the cross. Paul shows us that here. He says, don't treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if we could have been saved by keeping the law, then Jesus didn't need to die. We, we, could, have just, we could have been good enough, but we can't. And that's why... We need Jesus, all right? So it's a free gift. It's received by faith. It's available to everyone. It's only through Christ. And number five is that it leads us to eternal life. It leads us to eternal life. Jesus said it this way, that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son. Why did he send him? to pay the, pet, the, the penalty, to pay the debt that we owe. He sent him so that whoever believes in him, which is not just believe that he exists, but, but trusts in him with all of their heart, they wouldn't perish, but they would have eternal life. And I, I'm, I'm just telling you, growing up, I struggled believing. I, I, had, I had some friends that uh, they, they believed that all your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, which is true. But I struggled thinking that what they were saying was that it, it was a license for them to just do whatever they wanted to do, that they could just live however they wanted to, and because my sins are forgiven, woo, we think to have some fun, right? But that's not what grace is. Grace doesn't give you a license to sin. It doesn't let you off the hook. No, when you experience the salvation this way, through faith, by grace through faith, what happens is this. What you ought to do becomes what you want to do. You see, what I ought to do 
is what I feel like I should do in order to get to heaven. It's what I feel like I should do in order for God to be happy with me. It's what I feel like I should do in order for, in order for me to, to, to stand before God one day. That's what I ought to do. But grace is when what I ought to do becomes, God, I love you so much that I want to do this. You don't have to convince me. You don't have to twist my arm. God, you've been so good. I want to serve you. See, grace is not the license to sin. It's the power to set you free from sin. And God wants your life to be transformed. He wants your life to be set free. But I want to say this today. That it, you'll never experience it trying to earn your way you'll never experience it trying to be good enough aren't you thankful for the grace of God aren't you thankful that we don't have to work our way to heaven but it is received by grace through faith it's available for us today come on can we just give God thanks for that today amen yeah would you bow your heads with me and, and let, me, let me just pray for us. Father, I pray for every person in the room today, Lord, that this, would, that this last statement on the screen would be true for us, that what we ought to do becomes what we want to do. And that only happens through grace. It's you working things in us and working things out of us. I pray for every person in the room today, Lord, that, that we would understand that grace is a free gift, that we receive it by faith. We can't understand it. We can't. We can't comprehend it. We can't pay for it. We can't earn it. That we would know it's available for everyone, including us. Lord, even those who are in the room today and they feel like they are too far gone. They feel like they're, 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 they've done too much to be able to have a relationship with God. They've done too much for God to be satisfied with them. They've done, they've done too much to, to go to heaven. God, I pray that today they begin to realize that it's available for them and that it's only through your son, Jesus, and that it eventually, it leads us to eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let it come alive in us today. Let it come alive in us today. With your head still bowed, if you're here and you're far from God, maybe you've been, um, you, maybe you've backslidden. And that just means that you were once close to God, but maybe you have fallen away from God. You've, you've been living life in your own power, your own way. Maybe, maybe you've tried to be a Christian. You've tried to work for your salvation. You've tried to earn it. And now you understand why you have come up short all your life. Why you have felt like you could never make it. You could never measure up. And it's because you were never meant to. That salvation is free and all you have to do is receive it today. And if you're here and you would say, Ben, I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm ready to go all in. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. One, two, three. Come on, hands up all across the room. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, anybody else? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Anybody else? Ten, eleven, twelve. Anyone else would say, that's me. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I, hey, I'm so proud of you. I see you back here. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are up all across the room. I want us to say this with boldness and with courage today. For all those whose hands are up, say, Jesus, I give you my life. 
I'm sorry for doing things my way, trying to earn my salvation. Thank you for grace. Today, I put all of my faith in you. I don't just believe you. I trust you. I give you my life. I'm asking you, will you be my Savior, my Lord, my best friend? Wash me clean. And from this day forward, I will live my life the best I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Let's give God thanks today. Let's thank God for salvation. Praise God. Praise God for what he's doing in your life and how he's moving. Hey, if you were one of those today who made the decision to give your life to Christ, I want to let you know that we as a church are so proud of you, that we're in your corner rooting for you, but also that God is proud of you, that he's smiling down on you today. If you would do me a favor on the connection card that I mentioned at the beginning of the service, in the middle is a place that says, my decision today. If you decided to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ today, would you please let me know by checking the box that applies that says, I'm beginning a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you made a recommitment. Let us know whichever one applies on that card. That helps us to be able to celebrate what God is doing in your life, but it also lets us know how to be able to pray for you and how to serve you best as the church. And so um, we, we are a church. We like to say that we're a church of next steps. We believe that everyone has a, has a next step to take. We're all on a journey, um, on this journey to a life-giving relationship with Jesus. And so our, our team has put together this box called a next steps box inside our resources that'll help you know what to do next. Sometimes we, when we first begin a relationship with Jesus, we, we don't really know what to do. So this box will let you know what to do to begin nurturing that relationship that you just began today. You can pick this up in the lobby at our next steps table. A team member will be happy to give you one of those. They're totally free. So grab one as you go. Um, We're going to move to the part of the service now where we get to worship the Lord in our giving. And at City Hope, we do believe that when we give, that it it is worship to God. If you're a guest with us, there's no pressure on you to give anything. We don't expect that from you at all. Um, we, We just ask, we never ask that anyone gives anything that they would just give what the Lord lays on their heart. But I do want to celebrate with you this week. We were made known of a need that there was a lady who lost her home to a fire, lost everything. And they let us know as a church, and we were able to respond with that. We replaced all of her appliances. We just took care of that. And so that was your giving at work. That was your generosity making a difference. I want you to know it's making an eternal impact when you give. So thank you for your obedience to the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and pray over our time together. When I say amen, our prayer team is going to be up front. Um, So if you need prayer at all, if you need someone to partner with you in prayer during this last song, just make your way down to one of our team members. They'd be honored to pray with you. So let's go ahead and pray together. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you that we get to give, Lord. We get to be a part of your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for the vision that you've given to this house, what you're doing in our lives and many other lives, God. We pray that you would just continue to use us to make a difference in your kingdom. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. Come on, let's stand together and worship. And if you need prayer, you can move now. Show us your glory.
worshiping with you this morning. Remember, prayers available up front. Happy Mother's Day. And remember, go with God because he's going with you. Oh, the way. 